The stoning of Stephen in Acts chapter 7 is a reminder that those who suffer according to God's will can entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Consider the strong show of support Stephen received from all three members of the Holy Trinity mentioned in verse 55. Even Jesus rose to his feet, standing at the right hand of God in honor of the first martyr of the church, turning what man meant for evil into something good. Far better to die like Stephen by a hail of crushing rocks and have the risen Christ welcome you into heaven than to die peacefully amidst worldly comforts and hear, depart from me, I never knew you. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Full of grace, filled with the Holy Spirit, martyred for his faith. What we can learn from the life and the death of Stephen on this Tuesday edition of Something Good Radio. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Welcome to our study of the Book of Acts with Dr. Ron Jones. Today, Ron takes us once again to the story of the first Christian martyr, a young follower of Christ who shared his faith with boldness as well as grace. Stay right here or look for us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Acts chapter 6 and his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good radio message, The First Martyr. His whole point in this is to say, you've turned the temple of God into an idol and have missed the whole understanding that now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God doesn't dwell in buildings, but he dwells in our hearts. And then finally in verses 51 through 53, he he just uh, pours kerosene on this by uh, telling them how they continually resist the Holy Spirit. Verse 51, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Whew! That's a, that's a lot to digest. And, and you would hope that as Stephen delivered this defense, that it would bring the religious leaders to a point of repentance a conviction in their spirit that as they hear this this very uh, uh, well-articulated review of their spiritual history and their national sins, that they would say, you know, you are absolutely right, and they would fall down on their face before God, but they didn't. Read on in verse 54. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right of hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. 
And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. What a scene. The first drop of blood from the first martyr in the church. Uh, a lot of things happening in those verses that I just read. As um, Stephen was done with his defense and the anger, just the seething anger comes at him and they rush at him. He gazes up into heaven and he sees the heavens open. God gives him a vision and he sees the risen Christ standing at the right hand of the Father. And he says, look, look, look at what I see. And he verbalizes that, makes him even more mad. But do you remember what Jesus said to Pilate? You know, there'll be a day when the Son of Man will come, the Son of Man who's standing at the right hand of the Father. Stephen gets a glimpse of that. His words are not full of bitterness toward these people. I mean, here, here is a man who was um, full of grace and the Holy Spirit. And in, on the receiving end of this seething bitterness and anger and this, just all this stuff coming at him, he had the presence of mind and, and really the presence of the Holy Spirit to say words very much like Jesus said when he was nailed on the cross. Lord Jesus received my spirit. He knew it was the end. And he even had the wherewithal to say, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow, what a moment there. Uh, you want to know what it looks like when somebody is, 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 is fully submitted to the Holy Spirit and, and he's, he's all in with God? Here's how you respond in a moment like that. The Bible tells us that those who were throwing stones at him, some of them, you know, came up and said, hey, I need to take off my jacket so I can, you know, throw a little bit harder. And they laid their, their coats at the feet of a guy named Saul, uh, who later became the Apostle Paul. But before Paul became Paul, he was a first century terrorist. He was the Osama bin Laden of his day. He was carrying around orders from the religious leaders and from Rome to persecute and kill Christians. And the Bible says in chapter 8 and verse 1 that Saul approved of Stephen's execution. A little bit later when Paul comes to faith in Christ, rather Saul comes to faith in Christ on the road to Damascus, and, and we, we read through the rest of the book of Acts, the great travel journeys and missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul, he never forgot this, this incident. He never forgot the hardness of his own human heart that, that would approve the execution of a man like Stephen. One Bible teacher and uh, commentator uh, says these words as it relates to Stephen's stoning. You wonder what kind of world we live in when good and godly men like Stephen can be murdered by religious bigots. But we have similar problems in our enlightened age today, taking hostages, bombings that kill or maim innocent people, assassinations, all in the name of politics or religion. The heart of man has not changed, 
nor can it be changed apart from the grace of God. And that's an important thing to remember as we look at Stephen's life and, uh, and his death. Well, what are some lessons that we can learn from Stephen and lessons that we can learn from really church history? Lessons from the martyrs, I call them. I got three of them that I want to share with us this morning. Number one is expect persecution. As followers of Jesus, expect persecution. Hold your place here in Acts chapter 6 and 7 and go with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. And the Apostle Peter, as he's writing to brothers and sisters in Christ who um, are following hard after Jesus in the first century but doing so at great cost, he, he, he talks about uh, the sufferings of Christ and he says these words in verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Do you think it's strange that the world hates you or hates us because we name the name of Jesus? And Jesus told His disciples, if the world hates you, just remember, they hated me before they hated you. And the point is, they really don't hate you, they hate me. And they hate you because, well, you're a follower of mine. That's not going to change. Don't ever think that you know, if you, if you just say it a little kinder or you do this, or you, that the world is going to applaud us because we are followers of Jesus. No, everything in the world that is anti-Christ hates Jesus, just despises Him. And you as a follower of Jesus, and I as a follower of Jesus, sometimes we're on the receiving end of that. It's called persecution. It's called a fiery trial that is sent to test us. And, and Peter just says, don't think that's a strange thing that is happening. We're in enemy territory. Do you know that? This world is not our home. We are citizens of heaven. We have dual citizenship. We're citizens of this earth and citizens of this country, but our citizenship is in heaven. We are behind enemy lines on the front lines of spiritual warfare. And the enemy is after us, the world, the flesh, and the devil. So don't think it's strange, but expect persecution. Expect persecution. We may never receive the kind of uh, persecution that threatens our very life, uh, that brings a drop of blood from us like Stephen or other martyrs in church history, but, but there are other things that we may end up sacrificing because we are followers of Jesus. I just say expect persecution. Number two, glory in the sufferings of Christ. Let's read on in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13, he says, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. Now, if you and I were writing a sentence, we wouldn't put words like rejoice and be glad in the same sentence where you find the word sufferings. It just doesn't seem to go together, does it? But Peter does that. There is a, a glory in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Philippians when he says, I want to know Christ. Paul had such a passion to know Christ, to know Him intimately, to know Him deeply, to know Him better and better every day. And he says, I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. 
Amen, right? We all want to know that. We want to know the power of the resurrected Christ in our lives. And then he goes on to say something I wish he didn't say, and to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. What does he mean by that? What does Peter mean by glorying in the sufferings of Christ? I don't want to suffer. Do you want to suffer? Of course not. We don't want to sign up for that. But Paul says there is a fellowship. There is an intimacy. An intimacy with Jesus when we suffer in some way like Him. It may not be a drop of blood that falls. Maybe it's mistreatment, misunderstanding, false accusation, and the list goes on and on and on. Being pushed out of a friend group, maybe not getting the job and the promotion that you would like to get. Why? Because you're a follower of Jesus. And nobody may ever say it that way, but... You know, you're kind of like Rudolph with this big nose, red nose, saying, I'm a Jesus follower, and you don't get invited to all the reindeer games. You're an outcast because you're a follower of Jesus. Again, it may never come to the point where we live where we must give our very lives for Christ, but make no mistake about it, the persecuted church of the 21st century, oh my, friends. Some people estimate that there are more Christians around the globe that are losing their lives for the cause of Christ on the receiving end of religious persecution than ever before. And we've seen some of the heads of our brothers and sisters in Christ being lopped off, all because they call themselves Christians. Peter would say, Paul would say, there's a glory in that. There's a fellowship in that. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Could message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Well, in the past year, in spite of many challenges the world has faced, We've seen God use Something Good Radio like never before. Friends like you have played a key role in that, as your prayers and financial support keep Ron on the air the whole year through. When you give this month, we want to say thank you with a special gift of our own, the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's A.D. Acts of the Apostles, a 19-message series from Dr. Ron Jones, and for a limited time, our gift to you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now let's join Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The First Martyr. Just like somebody who's been through cancer has a special intimacy with somebody who's now going through it and can say, I've been there before. Or in a military sense, it's a foxhole experience. You know, we served in this battle together. We were in the foxhole together. And we are brothers and sisters for life, this, this, this troop. And so it is when we, when we experience some of the mistreatment and some of the sufferings of Jesus Christ, it's as though Jesus says, I, I know exactly how you feel. I've been there. Come in a little bit closer and let's talk about this. There's an intimacy that we share with Him. So glory in the, in the sufferings of Christ and uh, desire to know Him even 
in the fellowships of his sufferings. Don't despise sufferings for the cause of Christ. Now, if you suffer because you're a jerk for Jesus, okay, you bring it on yourself. And Peter mentions that in 1 Peter chapter 4. He's not talking about being a jerk for Jesus or, or some, something else. But, but just for saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, and here's why, and being able to speak the truth to power and in uncomfortable situations, but doing it with grace and in the power of the Holy Spirit, it may cost us something, and if it does, glory in that because you get to share in an intimacy with Jesus that maybe you've never been able to share before. And then finally, number three, offer yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Now I'm in Romans chapter 12, and let's just stop off there real briefly. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What's he talking about here? Well, again, not all of us are ever going to experience uh, the loss of life or be called to be a martyr. Uh, a drop of blood that falls from us because we are followers of Jesus. Maybe that will never happen to us. But what we are called to, according to Romans chapter 12, 12 and verse 1, is to be living sacrifices, okay, to offer ourselves up to Him, to say, Lord, here, here I am. Here, here's the totality of my being and even my body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Use me in any way you can to advance the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, even if it means a drop of blood from my body. But even if it doesn't, I, I offer myself to you as a living sacrifice. I'm all in, God. I'm all in. Problem is most of us play the Christian hokey pokey. We put our right foot in. We pull our left foot out. Put our left foot in. We shake it all about. But we've always got one foot in and one foot out, don't we? We're always kind of hedging our bet a little bit. Now, I don't want to speak too loudly about Jesus. might cost me something out there. And God is looking for people who are all in, living sacrifices and saying, Lord, this is the way I worship you today. I call you my Lord and my Savior my, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet to the tip of my fingers and toes, I'm all in, a living sacrifice. Use me to advance the cause of Christ and to advance the gospel in this generation. Stephen did that. Stephen never hedged his bet. And you know what happened? <laughs> this is great. Let me just give you a glimpse into chapter 8. It says, and Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Up until chapter 8, the early church was a Jewish thing and a Jerusalem thing, and it exploded in growth. But what happened was they kind of got comfortable in Jerusalem. Yeah, you know, they kind of got comfortable in their faith and comfortable in their meeting in the temple and house to house and in their padded pews and all of that, and they forgot that Jesus said to go make disciples of all nations and that He gave them the strategy, first in Jerusalem and then Judea and then Samaria and then the uttermost parts of the earth. They kind of forgot the latter part of that. 
And as they grew comfortable where they were, <laughs> the, the early church threatened to just stop in Jerusalem. And so what did God do? He turned up the heat. It was persecution that came to the church that scattered everybody into Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts. It says the apostles stayed back in Jerusalem, but everyone else scared for their life, scattered to the four corners. And that's how the gospel grew. You and I wouldn't even be here today if the persecution hadn't come. And I wonder today, you know, we get a little bit nervous about the hostility against the Christian faith growing in our culture today, but you know what it does? It draws a line in the sand as to those who are true believers and are not. Some people say, well, you know, church attendance is going down across America today. No, I think what's happening is uh, the, um, uh, the, the, the people who are just really not on board are drifting away, and it's becoming more and more popular to say, I don't have any faith affiliation. And even those who are, you know, closet atheists and agnostic are becoming loud and proud about it, okay? And when the persecution comes, what you're left with are those who are all in, and they've been all in from the beginning, okay? And what happens is the church grows and it expands. It's persecution that made that happen. So my question for us today is this, what are we willing to sacrifice for the cause of Christ? What are we willing to sacrifice to advance the cause of the gospel? Are you all in or are you doing the Christian hokey pokey with one foot in and one foot out and hedging your bet and saying, oh, I'm not quite sure about all this? Hey, today's the day to just both feet in and your entire body and just to say, Lord, here I am as a living sacrifice. I'm not a citizen of this earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm yours. I have decided to follow Jesus. I made that decision a long time ago, and there's no turning back. There's no turning back. Today is the day when I say again, I will worship you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. I am yours, O Lord. Just do with me as you will, and I'll leave the results to you. Amen? Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good Radio message, The First Martyr. Ron, here in America, the concept of martyrdom seems almost foreign to us. We're aware that Christians are being martyred for their faith in other parts of the world, but still, we haven't had to experience it here. Talk about that as we close out another edition of Something Good Radio. Brian, we've been blessed here in America. Now, I can't predict the future, and I do see some growing signs of persecution here at home. But even in this current climate, not all of us, and maybe none of us, will be called to be a martyr for the faith. But here's something we can do. All of us can voluntarily give our lives away while we are yet living, uh, crucifying the flesh, as it were, living a sacrificial, unselfish life in service to others. When we give our lives away for Christ's sake, only then will we find life. In the past year, we've gone through some real struggles, both here at home and around the world. And even now, as we come through the worst of the pandemic and begin to recover, we're still facing severe economic challenges and enduring unprecedented political and social strife. 
And Brian, I tell you, we have a real opportunity as Christians to point people to Jesus. Yes, we're going through hardship as a nation and really all around the world, but it is often during times like this when people are more open to the gospel. So we as believers in Christ can be a light in an ever-darkening world if we handle this adversity with grace and with confidence in the sovereign God we serve. Thanks for those words of encouragement, Ron. Now, tomorrow, you shift gears a little bit to spiritual warfare. Tell us where we're headed next time as you continue your teaching series from the book of Acts. I sure can, Brian. Tomorrow, we move ahead to Acts chapter 8, where the persecution of the church intensifies. But as we'll see in our next message, the people doing the persecuting are not the real enemy. The true adversary is unseen and often unnoticed. We'll talk more about that next time as we move ahead in my series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Overcoming the Powers of Darkness. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.